0: I'm sure at some point you've probably heard the advice that in order to be a successful entrepreneur, you need to wake up at the crack of dawn. You need to put on a full suit and tie in order to be productive. And to start your day properly, you should probably eat that frog and work on some task that you totally hate. And listen, some of that advice may very well be true, but today I wanted to talk about a few habits that aren't talked about quite as often that I really think make successful freelancers and entrepreneurs. Okay, so the first habit that I've observed in my network, my friend group, mentors, people I admire, is these folks are all willing to work in public. What working in public means is basically just showcasing your journey, showcasing what you're doing before it's perfectly polished and ready. And I guess I can speak to myself somewhat in that my YouTube channel was not at all polished or perfect when I started posting content. I have shared some really weird, embarrassing times in my life and in my business. I've shared some big mistakes that I've made. I actually just vlogged about a course launch that I did that didn't quite go as planned. I accidentally wasn't recording myself. I ended up staying up to like 5 a.m. It was this whole thing. And, you know, these things don't necessarily present myself as this all knowing expert. I could very well display this perfect polished image of myself, but I think there's a lot more value in just showing the real side of entrepreneurship, even through all of its peaks and valleys. Now working in public doesn't mean that you need to start a YouTube channel, and I'm not trying to use myself as this perfect example either. It can simply be holding yourself accountable on a platform like Twitter or LinkedIn, saying, hey, my goal is to post every day on Twitter or every day on LinkedIn with an update about my business, Or it can be a newsletter. I've seen a lot of people use newsletters to hold themselves accountable and just share kind of that behind-the-scenes look at what they're doing, what projects they're working on. There are a lot of different ways that you can do this. Of course, short-form platforms, things like that are all great as well. The reason I think this is such a valuable habit to get into is, well, one, accountability. I know advice I used to get is, like, don't ever speak about it until it's, it's solidified. It's actually happening. And I think it's this kind of uh, superstitious thing that if you talk about it, you're going to jinx it. It's not going to come true. You know, obviously I'm not going to say, Hey, I'm going to go to the moon because I have no plans to actually do that. I have no connections to get me there. Like that's just not realistic, but you might be able to say something like I'm on the road to hit my first six figure year," or I'm, on a goal to post a thousand TikToks or, you know, some goal that actually you could see the light at the tunnel, something that actually seems realistic and possible. I think when you do that, it holds you accountable. I'm doing this with my book. Yes, I'm still writing a book. It's still coming. I've talked about it and people are asking about it and not necessarily in this like pressuring way either. People are just curious about it. So I think it's actually a really good thing to do from a marketing perspective as well. But the other thing that I think is really great about working in public is it enables you to learn and grow from other people. You're inviting other people in when you're publishing on any platform, a newsletter, a content platform, whatever, you're inviting other people in to your journey. And they're undoubtedly going to have advice, a lot of times unsolicited, they're going to have feedback, they're going to have criticism, all of that. And you are opening yourself up to that. And of course, you shouldn't be taking like harassment or abuse. But when it is genuine, helpful feedback, or just a different point of view, I think that founders, entrepreneurs really need to train themselves to get used to that stuff. Because if you're producing content, if you're putting out a Product. If you are providing a service, you're going to get some of that feedback and you have to be able to take it. So working in public is really a great primer for doing that. So action item for you. If you want to take action on this, just start, just post about a goal. Post a realistic goal, you know, something that you truly think is gonna be helpful for your business and that you think is attainable and just track your progress on it. Start a pinned Instagram story where you document your journey of creating your first course. Start a Twitter thread, posting all of your different YouTube videos that you're posting. Start a newsletter where you share a weekly update. Whatever it is that you wanna do, that's my homework for you. I think it'll really help you. Speaking of learning, the second habit that I observe from these successful freelancers and entrepreneurs is that they never stop learning. I have spoken about my, I don't know, dislike for the term expert before. Don't get me wrong, like I think it's fine. I think sometimes people describe me as that when they're like writing a you know, podcast that I'm featured in, writing the show notes or something. They'll call me like a marketing expert and like it's fine, you can call me that, but. I don't really refer to myself that way because there is always so much to be learned, especially in a field like marketing where it's changing every single day. Yes, I have a lot of experience. Yes, I've done a lot of things. I've worked with a lot of people, but I am forever a student. And, you know, the most successful entrepreneurs that I know feel that way as well. They are always learning. They're never too good to learn. And also they're never too good to learn from somebody who may be like quote unquote behind them in their journey as well. I love talking to younger people about how they're using social media and what trends they're seeing happening. I love talking to new freelancers to learn about some of the struggles that they're facing so that I can, you know, just empathize with that better, create better content for them and learn. Like a lot of times people have just different techniques and ways of handling things that I wouldn't have even thought about. I definitely recommend when you're starting your freelance journey that you set aside time in your week for learning. And this can be non-traditional. Like I just talked about just like talking to people and seeing what's going on in their lives. But I also think it's important to, you know, set aside some time for some more structured learning, taking courses, reading books, listening to audiobooks, listening to podcasts. Like we've never lived in a time where there has been such an abundance of knowledge for us that is really niche specific too, which is pretty cool. So definitely take advantage of that. And if you're gonna take any advice from me, try not to let that slip to the wayside because I know I've been this way for sure. I've had to reel myself in. Like how it gets when you're just so, so busy and you're just working, 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 it can be really hard to be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to read a book this week. So meet yourself where you are. Like maybe you can't sit down and read a book, but maybe you can listen to an audiobook. Maybe you can listen to a podcast. You know, maybe you can just have a standing mastermind meeting with a group of people that you learn from. There's lots of different ways to fit something in, but try not to let it slip to the wayside because I, you know, when you get so busy, it can be one of the first things to go, but it is super important to be a forever learner, a lifelong student. So homework, hmm, homework for this one. Uh, yeah, just pick something, pick something to learn from. I mean, you're already listening to a podcast, so I think that's good. But go check out one of my videos or podcasts about some of my favorite books. Maybe that's a good place to start if you're looking to get into reading or also joining a mastermind. Subtle plug here. You can join the Freelance Friday Club. We have bi-weekly masterminds that you are so welcome to join. I'll leave a link for you in the show notes or even just starting your own. I'm a part of several masterminds in addition to the Freelance Friday Club. We just meet like every week or every other week, depending on the group and just kind of chit chat for 30 minutes, an hour and it's really valuable for me so you can also set something up on your own if you would like to okay the third habit is that these folks know their numbers whenever i talk to like a really accomplished entrepreneur i'm always um i'm always a little surprised or shocked at like how easily they Numbers just rattle off of their tongues like they can tell me exact percentages. Oh, yeah, 17.5% of revenue came from this or, you know, um, our margins were up or down or left or right or whatever from last year. And it's always really interesting to me because at the end of the day, what separates a business from a hobby is the money. I mean, I know it's the uncomfortable side of things. I know I think like anybody else, I wish that we could just like talk and have fun and make cool things. And we wouldn't have to worry about the financial side of things. But that is what separates an entrepreneur from a hobbyist. So it is so important to have a good, solid foundation for your finances. And this is something that honestly, I just kind of learned how to do over the past couple years when I finally invested in a bookkeeper and got really serious about monthly reporting. I mean, my first year of freelancing, I had no idea how much money I made that year until it was tax time and I had to like look at the numbers all broken out in my QuickBooks. The reason this is so important is not just this like greedy, selfish way of like, you know, oh, I'm so cool. I made so much money or whatever, but it helps you know what to do. (laughs) Like, you know, that first year I was focusing on things that actually weren't that profitable for me. I was focusing on work that was taking so much labor out of me and out of the team that I was hiring. Like when I actually broke down the numbers, I was making probably like $7 an hour, $5 an hour or something like that because of all the time that I was putting into it. Yes, okay, the packages were kind of big at surface level, but when I actually got down to the nitty gritty and started paying attention to how much time I was spending on things, how much money I was paying contractors, yeah, I was making like nothing from these things. If I would have looked at my reports and seen, oh, actually this project, this service way more profitable, you only spend two hours on this. And even though it's only a, you know, $800 paycheck, that's $400 an hour compared to five or $7 an hour, right? Knowing my numbers also enables me to prepare my business and in turn my life for the seasons and things that are happening. So like, I know that summer tends to be a slower time of year. So maybe that's when I'm going to schedule a vacation as opposed to Q4, which tends to be just super, super busy. And I'm going to miss out on a lot of opportunities or be stretched really thin. I can also know, Hey, don't panic. If you see revenue dip a little bit in the summer months, it likely will go back up because you've been tracking your numbers every single month. And so you kind of know what to expect. You can prepare and get ahead of hiring. If you know there's going to be a busy time, maybe, you know, you're going to need a virtual assistant from the months of September to December and so on. So just being on top of those things, really knowing the key principles of like financial literacy for a business, for me at least, are knowing what your revenue is, so how much money is coming in and where it's coming from, like which streams, which services, and then also knowing your expenses, so how much money it costs to actually run the business, whether that be contractors, costs of goods and services, uh, money that you pay yourself, any type of tools, equipment, things like that and then what your profit is. So knowing how much money is left over, profit is revenue minus expenses. So you should at the very least know those three numbers and for the revenue piece, also know where your revenue is coming from. So my homework to you, my challenge for you is to start tracking your numbers. You can track this on a napkin if you want to, not financial advice, maybe it doesn't stand up at the end of the day, but hey, it's a good place to start. You can, Open up a QuickBooks account if you don't have one already. If you are in the position where you're finding this really hard to do on your own and you just have a lot of revenue streams as well, this can be really helpful to hire a bookkeeper. I've recommended my bookkeeper so many times. This is not an ad. I just love them so much. But Evolved Finance, I'll link them in the resources if you want to check them out. The fourth habit or... Is this really a habit? I don't know, this is more of like a lifestyle or a belief, a core belief, but the most successful entrepreneurs that I know also believe in serving, not selling. Now, obviously we all probably just thought of some poor examples of this. I'm not saying that there are no people who are successful, who do the opposite of this, because that would just be a lie. We we know that is true. But I think in order to be happy and proud of what you do, which we'll get to in a second, that is a very key piece. So serving overselling means that you genuinely want to help your customers find a solution. One of my good friends, Ryan, he was on the podcast um, a couple months ago, I think we would talk about this a lot when we were first starting our businesses is he would always say like, I want my customers, I want my clients to be successful. Like I want to do good work for them. And it's such a simple thing uh, that I totally agree with, of course, but you would be shocked. Maybe you're not shocked. I don't know. There are so many people out there who do this just because they think it's lucrative, just because they think it's a good way to make money. And yeah, like it can be lucrative. It can be profitable. It can provide you with a good you know, standard of living. But I do think that in order to do that, you have to kind of like work hard, I'm not saying you have to work to excess and burnout and all that stuff, but you you do kind of have to put a lot of yourself into your business if you want it to get to that point. And in order to be able to put a lot of yourself into that business, you have to be passionate about it. You have to like see the 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 purpose behind it, right? I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of things that I could do for money that are unethical, that are slimy, that are, I don't know, illegal, right? Like there's a lot of things that we could do for money in this world but would I feel good about doing that? And in turn, how hard would that be for me to wake up every morning and head out the door and sell that terrible thing and continue to do a good job? Like, I don't know, for me personally, I wouldn't be able to sleep at night if I was doing something that harmed society at scale or something like that just for a quick buck so really understanding your purpose and understanding how your service or product truly helps people it also from a marketing perspective you know enables you to speak to those benefits not just those features so a feature is hey this uh, service gives you five social media posts and two monthly reports and one meeting right those are features those are line items on an invoice i guess a benefit is you now have more time you know, in your calendar to do what you do best as a founder or entrepreneur. You get a deep dive insight into how your social media channels are performing and how they're affecting your bottom line. You're able to reach your ideal client through targeted ads and social posts, right? Like just examples. So those are differences between features and benefits. And if you don't know why you're doing this, if you're just thinking it's just a list of things, a checkbox, you're not really understanding those benefits. And in turn, you can't speak to your clients about them, which is going to make it really hard to market and sell your product or service as well. Also, customer service is really huge here. I've hired a lot of freelancers myself and the ones that are willing to go the extra mile. And no, I'm not talking about taking advantage, like, you know, the whole quiet quitting thing and all of that is a thing. I think some, to some extent, freelancers, I don't know, I've been saying some controversial spicy things lately. I think sometimes people take that a little too far in the freelance world. I think that everything does not have to be a line item. Everything does not have to be a billable task, right? If it is genuinely going to serve your client to run one extra report for a special campaign, do you really need to invoice for that 5 minutes that it took you to do that if it's going to help them understand your value if it's going to you know help them make more money or do something cooler like you know there's there's limits to all of this stuff and I think you should of course charge what you're worth blah 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 but don't be afraid to go the extra mile to genuinely help your customer if they need it okay so homework for this one i want you to list out the benefits of your service or product like List out the features and then give each of those features a benefit that you can speak to. Social post, what does that do for people? Course, what does that actually do for people's lives and businesses or whatever it is that you're speaking to? Take it. Take a few minutes to jot that down and feel free to drop it in the comments if you're watching on YouTube. I would love to hear some of your answers. And the last thing that I notice and that I, I feel, I think is that they truly love what they do. And I think sometimes when I say that, people expect that to mean that you love every single moment of every single day and there is nothing hard about your job and you are just frolicking in the sunshine. And that would be a lie. Again, I just shared a launch vlog that was, those were really hard days for me. They were fun though, still, but they were hard. I was sleep deprived, I was tired, I was stressed. There are still bad things. know or negative things that will happen when you love something but again i love the impact that i have on my clients my students my viewers like i love hearing from you i love all all that stuff it truly is like there's no feeling like hearing from somebody who says, Hey, I started my business because I started listening to your podcast, or you helped me solve this huge problem or this huge block that I was having after taking your course or joining the freelance Friday club or whatever, like those things there, there's no money in the world that can have that same impact on me. I also love the process of creating. I love editing videos. I love shooting content. I love like Putting together these little puzzles of mapping out launches and things like that—it's just like super fun for me. And it's always been fun for me. I've always liked having a camera, I've always liked taking pictures, doing videos, like since before YouTube was even a thing. The reason I bring this up is because, again, I think a lot of people maybe see, oh, this social media manager is making a lot of money or she's really popular on the internet or this designer is really popular or whatever. And so people go into those things because they think that is the path, that is the way. And I just want you to know that there are so many different paths. There are so many different ways that really enable you to lean into your, true strengths and interests. I mean, we live in a time of abundance in terms of career opportunities, at least like This job that I have was not a thing when I was growing up. I would have never been able to say I want to be a YouTuber and online educator and marketing strategist for companies like that did not exist. There are so many little random niche jobs that you can have. So why spend so much time doing something that you hate and that isn't coming super naturally to you if you can do something that you love? And, you know, don't get me wrong here. Like, it's the work of course I'm not saying if you're not naturally good at something on day one that you should give up and this means that you're going to hate it forever but if you continue to do something for months and months or years and years and you're like I hate every day this is not fun even if you're making a lot of money doing it but you're just not enjoying it you don't feel good about the impact that you're having it might be time to think about diversifying or trying something new dipping your toe into something else because you know life really is short and you cannot spend your entire life just being miserable. And what I see is a lot of the times when it isn't something people enjoy, people aren't successful doing it. Of course there are outliers here, but you know, when I tell people that I spent a lot of my time editing videos or that I posted YouTube videos for years before I really started to see success with it, financial success, that is, people are like, oh no, <laughs> like they, they're like, I'm not interested in that. How quickly, how soon can I see results, right? Those are always like the first questions. And I'm like, I really liked doing it. Like it, I didn't need to be paid. And obviously it's nice that I get paid a little bit from YouTube now, but I don't need to. I would still make YouTube videos if I didn't get paid. Yeah, of course I probably wouldn't be posting, you know, twice a week, three times a week, but I would still do it because I really like it. So I think it is important that you enjoy it because it's going to make you be willing to work, you know, a little bit more, put in that extra mile. When you really like the clients that you work with, you're not going to see running an extra report as this thing that you need to invoice as this giant pain. You're going to be excited to be able to share these results that you're so proud of and know that this is going to actually help their business as well. So love what you do. I don't have homework on that. Besides, I guess, like think, like do some internal work about that. And Really write down the things that you love about your job and the things that you don't love about your job. And, you know, if the side that you don't love is longer and bigger, maybe there are some different ways that you can branch off and try different things. All right, so those are some of the habits of the most successful freelancers and entrepreneurs. If you have any questions, thoughts, if you wanna share some of your your work that you've been doing throughout these prompts. Feel free to drop them in the comments on YouTube. If you're listening on Apple, Spotify, Google, anywhere, please leave me a rating and review. We hit a hundred reviews on Spotify. I feel like that's an accomplishment. I saw it the other day. I was like, oh wow, that's really cool. So thank you to everybody who's been rating on Spotify and elsewhere. Really appreciate you. And I will talk to you next week. Bye.